Are you ready to take your business to the top? Well, strap in and hold on tight. You're listening to the Top of the Wall Podcast from Redwall Marketing. Business and marketing strategies to lift you above the competition and over the wall of mediocrity. Now, here's your host, J.R. Griggs. Hey, it's JR here with Redwall Marketing, and this is the first podcast of 2015 for the Top of the Wall podcast, and uh, it's actually our first in a few weeks, really. We took uh, the end of 2014 off from doing the podcast. That's a busy time for so many people, of course, for us. I mean, just in general, the holidays are busy, but then you add in being a business owner and having end-of-the-year goals and tasks to do and planning and uh, accounting and everything else that has to be done at the end of the year. Uh, I knew you'd be busy. We were busy. And uh, so we thought we'd take the last three weeks and just kind of um, let uh, let everybody be able to focus on their business. And we want to kick off 2015 with, uh, in this episode, 15 tips to make more profit in 2015 going forward. And so uh, it seemed kind of fitting, 15 and 15, of course, you know. Uh, so it just seemed like a great way to start the year. And, uh you know, a couple things we're going to do differently this year with the podcast um, is essentially just in uh, format, we're going to try to squeeze in more interviews this year. And so you're going to have a little bit more um, input from others. You know, we kind of kicked off the first year of the podcast and uh, went with a bunch of different topics and got a feel for it and got a feel for the market and who was listening and um, you know, took in some some questions and tips and this and that from from the audience. And uh, this year, one of the things we want to do is bring in some more expert opinions, uh, business owners that are doing really well that can share some valuable information about how they've done so well in their business. So we will definitely be having uh, some interviews. Uh, we'll have some marketing pros in different areas where they can you know chime in with their advice on how you know how they do things. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, last year we did, I think, only one interview, um, and that was kind of like a test run. Uh, a good friend, Kate Watley, with uh, Social Forces. Be, be sure to look up that podcast. That was great information about uh, social media and social media marketing uh, for small businesses and really any business. But um, uh, going to be a lot of fun this year, so I'm looking forward to it. Let's jump into 15 topics. Now, I just wrote these down. I just thought about, okay, what are the common things that I'm seeing in the market, that I'm seeing from clients and business owners I talk to, what are 15, uh, you know, common mistakes I'm seeing? And also, what are 15 things I think that are, you know, part of the, the latest trends? What's going on out there? And how can you adapt to that? So I wrote down 15. They're not in any order. So don't think, you know, the first ones are going to be the best and the bottom ones aren't. Um, they're really just... 15 items that I've dealt with a lot personally with clients uh, that they were struggling with and that I see the market changing and, and, and adapting. And these are 15 areas where you could really get a jump start. And they're really, they're not necessarily new. These are going to be things you've heard me talk about before. But these are 15 things I think you should be focusing on in 2015 in your business. Take as many as you can apply them to your business and see how you're doing. So let's jump into the first one. The first one uh, is reviews. Uh, And this one is huge. And this one is a trending thing that I keep hammering home to anybody I can talk to about it. You have got to embrace the reviews that are out there. Yelp, Google, Facebook, 
Bing, Yahoo, anybody that's allowing you to collect reviews, you've got to embrace it. Don't fear it. Do not run from it. Too often I hear business owners complaining that they don't like that people are able to just go online and leave reviews. Uh, they really don't like um, people having that access. But the bottom line is, if you're doing business right, you shouldn't have a problem. Even if there are some bad eggs out there, even if there are those rare times where no matter how good you do business, somebody's going to be upset. It just doesn't matter. Do business right. Encourage your market to leave reviews. Give them places to leave reviews. Make sure that you are in charge of those properties. Claim your listings or use a service like ours to run those listings for you and monitor your reviews and make sure that you are on top of it because that's a good step in being in control. Be in charge of it, okay? Or have somebody watching it for you. Embrace it. Do good things. And even if you get that bad review, the good one should outweigh it. That's the important thing. But reviews are enormous. They are becoming a big, not only ranking factor, okay? There's a lot of rumors out there that Google's using that um, as a ranking factor. However, it's a good conversion and click-through rate factor. Think about this. You want to go out to eat. You do a quick search for whatever food you're interested in. There's five options that are showing up in the map listing that Google provides, okay? And one of them has 50 reviews and the others have, you know, none to five. Which one are you clicking on to find out about? The one that everybody's ranting and raving about. What is this place with 50 reviews? I have a client in the pest control industry that we implemented a review plan with. And we got them doing some uh, uh, sending out a link to all their happy customers to leave them a review. They are by far dominating in the map listings and in the reviews. I mean, they're, they've got 50-something, 60-something reviews. The next closest person has like eight. So they're killing it. Who do you think people are clicking on when they're looking for pest control? This guy's got 50 reviews. They must be doing something right. Embrace the reviews and work the system, Okay. Um, sorry about fire. I got a fire truck running by the office, it seems. So, uh, if you hear a siren, that's what that is. Um, so embrace reviews and please, when you respond to reviews, if you respond to a negative review, do not just isolate that instance. Okay. The customer could be totally wrong, totally wrong. It doesn't matter. Embrace that moment with that review, your response, think not about what you're saying to the customer, but what everybody else is seeing you say to that customer. I had a client in the last uh, couple months that got a bad review and the guy's wrong. The guy's wrong. I, I talked to the client about it and I understand exactly what the guy's upset about, but he's wrong. Um, in fact, it, you know, I don't want to get into the details, but, you know, scientifically what the guy's complaining about is just not <laughs> accurate. It's just, it's just, it's dead wrong. It's just a misunderstanding. Uh, and it could be the client's fault. Uh, you know, the, the, the salesman who sold, um, the job maybe, uh, didn't explain things right, whatever the case is, but it was a very rude negative review. And my client responded, although 
right in his response and correct in the things he was saying in his response. And this customer was very rude, yelled at some employees, was cussing at everybody. Um, his response, nobody knows that story. So his response was a little harsh. Um, and all it did was upset the customer even more and caused another response, another review. Uh, it could cause them to go leave more reviews on other places, but it also left this bad look to the whole situation when, when you look at it. So be careful with how you respond to your negative reviews. Think of what you're actually saying how it affects the person you're uh, responding to, but also how it's going to affect other people that see you respond, okay? But embrace reviews. you got to embrace reviews going forward in 2015. They are enormous. You can leave reviews everywhere, so you got to do it. Second thing we're going to look at, reactivate old customers. This is something I do not see a lot of businesses do. Do not forget that people will stop doing business with you for uh, uh, so many different reasons. It doesn't have to be because they don't like you anymore. It's so easy to get distracted today. You know, it's so easy to um, move on for something else. Sometimes people will, uh, you know, they'll, they'll forget to uh, do business with you just because they, they're just busy. But if they got a simple reminder... They'd go, you know, maybe you're, you know, a chiropractor and a couple of your, uh, you know, your um, uh, patients have, have just stopped coming. Well, send them reminders, reactivate them, get them back in. People that haven't been in a while that are thinking, you know, you know, hey, it's been a while since I've been to the chiropractor. I, I haven't felt as good as I did uh, back when I was going regularly. I really need to get back to going. And then they get busy and life happens and they don't remember to stop by. Give them a reason to. Send them something. Give them a discount for coming back in. Reactivate those customers. There's so many things I could just off the top of my head think of that we've done that we just don't go anymore. Um, and for random reasons, we're not upset or anything. We haven't, it's just, just, we forget to go. We haven't been there in a while. We, you know, there's things we used to do with our kids that we just haven't been. My kids love, you guys have heard me say in, in the podcast before, the, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, yogurt places where you fill the cup and you, you pay by the ounce. We haven't been in a while, uh, holidays and everything. We've had a lot of snacks around the house and candy. We just haven't been, um, you know, a simple reactivation, uh, postcard or something that says, Hey, stop in. Here's a, you know, uh, half off your first, you know, your first cup or something would get us back in the door. So reactivate old customers. They're, they're, they're not necessarily gone because they don't like doing business with you. People get busy. You know, and maybe they've had bad experiences out of the places and they're just kind of hanging out for a little bit and waiting for somebody to show up and make it right. Try, try reaching out to them. All right. Uh, third thing, content marketing. I can't emphasize this enough. This has been growing for years and it's getting more and more uh, important. Content marketing. If you've got the resources and the time, do this. Do content marketing. Put content out on the internet that your customers can find about your business. It doesn't have to be anything too fancy. It could just be some tips or some information or some updates about your, your company. Something that customers will find interesting and appealing. I've seen a couple good examples recently. I'm working right now with a uh, law firm that went out and, decide, and, and did some research on the top questions that their market is asking in their area. Okay, uh, simple, simple questions. And they recorded 150 videos because they compiled 150 questions. And these are one minute videos. It took a couple sittings to, to, to bang this out. Uh, they're only one minute videos. 
So you can imagine that's about 150 minutes of, of, of time. So, you know, you're looking at, you know, two to three hours, maybe, maybe it took half a day, maybe it took all day. Okay. With, with, with everything, I don't know exactly how much time they invested in the recordings, but they put this 150 keywords together, 150 questions and recorded little one minute videos, answering those questions and then loaded them up on YouTube and they're sharing them on social media and other things. So that hopefully when somebody searches one of these questions, their video has a chance at showing up. There's a lot of great companies doing content marketing, writing good content, putting blog posts and articles out there or recording videos. I recently saw a plumber. I do not remember what state it was in. Uh, a friend of mine sent it to me. There's a plumber who's just recording uh, work that he does. He goes out to homes and as he's fixing something, he just has a camera running as he's fixing it. And he makes comments about it and he talks about what he's doing and how he's fixing it. And it's become actually good training. And the reason he started doing this, if I understand correctly, was to train employees. Uh, they could see him working. They could just go on YouTube and see how he's doing different jobs. But he's, it's turned into a resource for other plumbers who are using the site to, to, to learn uh, kids in school or that are that are trying to become you know plumbers are using it, but it's creating a lot of noise, adding a lot of value to his YouTube channel, and it's bringing in referrals and other business. So um, it's just something he's doing. He's just getting out there and putting content out there. So do that. Put out content like this podcast. This is content. Uh, we do this to educate the market, to educate clients, to educate future prospects. Somebody listens to this podcast and you know. Uh, uh, if they can take the information and apply it to their business and make a ton of money with it, great. Some people listen to it and think, well, I need more help with this. Let me call these people. Uh, that's exactly why we do the podcast. It's content. It's educational, which we love doing. We love teaching. But of course, we know that this could turn into, you know, uh, this podcast here could turn into sales uh, for us. And so content marketing is great. You don't have to do podcasts. You don't have to do videos. Figure out what you can do best or what you have the time to do uh, with your employees if you have the time to do it. Fourth thing we'll look at, raise prices. It's 2015. Inflation goes up. When's the last time you looked at your prices and compared it to the market? Uh, are you the cheapest on the block? And if so, why? Do you provide the cheapest, worst service? Is that why you're the cheapest? Are you trying to be the Walmart of uh, you know the, your industry? Can you add more value to your product, to your service, to raise the prices? Are you, um, I'm sure your costs have gone up. If you, if you haven't raised prices in the last couple years, I'm sure your, your, um, your overhead's gone up. Uh, employee costs have probably gone up. Electric's probably gone up. Office rent, uh, supplies, I'm sure that's gone up. So double check your prices. Uh, how much profit are you making per dollar today You know than you were two, three years ago? Double check your prices. Add value to your product and services. Can you offer anything additional that makes your product or service worth more money. People will pay it. They don't always want the cheapest. Uh, a few times, just in the last few months, I have uh, personally uh, bid work that was, uh, we were not the cheapest. Uh, recently I did one, I was not, not only were we not the cheapest, um, we weren't offering as much. But they saw the value in the quality of what we were doing and realized that the guy that was super cheap and uh, giving all this stuff uh, away can't possibly be putting much effort into it because how would you be able to afford to do that much for so little? And uh, more than once lately, I've uh, you know seen 
where we are getting clients at a higher price simply because they're understanding that we're going to offer the better value. We're going to put more time into it. So don't be afraid to raise prices and ask more money. Sometimes, uh, you know, and test, test a product that challenge you this, uh, take a product and run some tests, you know, do some tests on charging a higher price and see if sales go up or down. Um, you know, a lot of times people will pay more money just because they think it's worth more just because it's priced more. No, no other reason. Uh, it's more money. Therefore it must be worth more. Um, and so I, I would rather get this one than the cheap one. You know, uh, back in the day when I was doing, uh, I was working as an, uh, an estimator with a construction company. Um, we used to we used to know that GCs would never take the lowest or the highest. Uh, they always tried to find somebody in the middle um, because the lowest they knew wasn't going to be good, and they didn't want to pay the highest. So, if you're the lowest, you may actually be losing customers just because of that, just because you're the lowest. So double check your prices. Add-on services and products. This is another way to raise prices and raise overall transaction value. Uh, can you add anything else to your business that would increase profits? Any other, any, anything else you can sell? Think about any other um, cross-sell type of item. Um, you know, if you're a um, auto repair shop, is there anything else you can add? Any new services you can add? Any new um, somebody else's product that maybe you could sell? Uh, you know, anything like that, you know, what can you add to your business to increase the transaction value? Meaning that they came in before they were buying this and that, uh, now they're buying an extra thing on top of that because you know, it's something that they need anyway. Uh, look at your products and your services. Um, are there other products that are needed to use your product or service? Is there anything else that they need? Is there anything else that the customer um, might have to buy somewhere else that they could just buy from you because you now sell that product? Or is there something else that they typically, um, your type of customer buys? Can you add that to your you know, product or service? So look at your, what you're offering now and see if there's anything else you can offer. Uh, you know, Maybe a better service, a better version of a product, a higher priced, better margin product, um, an upgraded service, an upgraded warranty. What else can you add to your business? Number six, communication. Communication, going forward, communicate with your audience. Super huge, been, been, been you know, screaming this for a while and especially in 2015 with social media and everything else. Communicate with your customers. Stay in touch. Um, do not let you get out of their mind. Okay, this is, again goes ties in with you know, reactivating old customers, content marketing, all that. Um, stay on top of their mind. If you're putting out, information and updating them and sending them, you know, greeting cards during holidays and birthday cards and birthday gifts and uh, reminders and anniversary gifts. You know, somebody that's been doing business with you a while, uh, take your VIPs, your important customers and send them something, uh, invite them to an event, throw a party, do a picnic, stay in touch with your audience, your market. Do not let them forget who you are. Okay. Don't just be the plumber they used once, be their plumber. Don't just be the auto service company they used once. Be their auto service company, their pest control company, their doctor, their chiropractor, their massage therapist. It doesn't matter. Be their guy or girl or company or whatever. Be the one. Lock them. Steel cage. Communicate with your customers. Do not let them roam anywhere else and deal with anybody else because they will never want to because you're staying in touch on a constant basis. Emails, phone calls, um, stop by their house, whatever it takes. Communicate with your market. Number seven, tracking. 
This is so huge. Track, 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 track everything. I can't emphasize that enough. Uh, I say it a lot. You don't know anything about how well your advertising and your marketing is doing if you are not tracking. You cannot make informed decisions about anything if you are not tracking. You need to know exactly how many people are coming in from each marketing stream you're running, from any ad you're running, any campaign you're running, walk-ins, referrals. You need to know everything. If you've got a $1,000 ad that you're running every single month, you need to know exactly how many people came in from that $1,000 ad, how many sales were made from that $1,000 ad. You have to. Otherwise, you can't make a decision about whether or not you should renew, renew the ad, drop the ad, change the ad, uh, increase the ad. You can't make those decisions if you're not tracking. If you're spending $1,000 and it's bringing in uh, 100 customers, okay, then you know you're paying $10 per customer. If your average profit per customer, just throwing a number out there, is 20 bucks, you're doubling your return. So maybe you should take that $1,000 ad and increase it, uh, if it's uh, or or if it's a um, you know a physical ad, maybe you should increase the area of which you're you're marketing, so that now you're spending two thousand. Maybe you'll bring in two hundred people at double the return. Okay, gotta be tracking, or you may be losing. I can't. I've talked to plenty of customers that are spending money on an ad, and I'll ask, "Is it making any money?" And I get the dumbest looks. Well, I don't know, or well, I just assume it is. You know, we get customers coming in. Well, are they from that ad? Well, I don't know. I just I figured that's where they're coming from. You, you gotta know, gotta know, so you can reinvest that money in better places, or just stop investing it, um, or increase it. You gotta know. Uh, and 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 this isn't on the list, but you know, I'm I'm not a big fan of of budgets. If you spend a thousand dollars, and you get a hundred customers, and that hundred customers equals two thousand dollars in profit for you. Do not ever say, well, we only budgeted $1,000, so I'm not going to increase that. That makes no sense at all. If you walked up to an ATM and put a $20 bill in and it spit back out a 50, are you going to tell me you're going to budget how many 20s you stick in that ATM? No, you're going to put as many 20s as you can. So if you've got a stream that's bringing in double profit uh, off your, you know, it's a return, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, it's a double return. Do not say, I've got to budget it and not, no, go two grand. And if you spend two grand and it brings in four grand, go four grand. And if you spend four grand and it brings in eight grand, go, <laughs> go eight grand. Keep going until you've tapped that stream and the return is no longer as profitable. Okay. You don't stop ever because it's, you're throwing money away. But you only know this if you're tracking. So please, please, please track everything. Use tracking phone numbers. Use special landing pages. Ask them how they heard of you. Use forms that ask how they heard of you. Use coupon codes. uh, Anything you can to track your advertising. Big, big, big thing. Uh, Number eight here. Update web is what I wrote. Because it could be in your website. It could be your social media. It could be all kinds of things. If you've got a website that was built 10 years ago, it needs to be updated. In fact, if it was built five years ago, it needs to be updated. And possibly if it was built two years ago. The web changes. 
things change. The way people interact with your website changes. Design elements change. There's a lot that changes. The technology changes. There's a lot more you could do with your website now. Make sure your website is a digital salesman selling on a constant basis for you. It should be attracting people and selling them. If it's an informational page, ditch it, fix it, turn it into a salesman. That's what it needs to do. Uh, no, it should not be an online brochure or an online business card. It needs to be a salesman. Update your website. Make sure it looks like it was built in the last uh, you know couple years. Make sure it's doing some selling for you. And then update all of your other web properties. Your social media pages, are you using them? If not, double check um, the way it's uh, laid out. I mean, I see businesses constantly that have like blurry images in their Facebook headers or their Twitter headers because they didn't realize that Twitter and Facebook have changed their layouts um, what, three times or so in the last couple of years. And so the, the old pictures they're using aren't looking right. It's not fitting right. And it looks like an abandoned page. And they're, or they're not updating. If you're not updating your Facebook page, uh, get somebody to do it for you. Get an employee to do it. Get a service to do it. Um, or, or um, you know, ditch it if you have to. Um, Facebook, social media is not for everybody. Uh, I believe that everybody should try to use it, but, you know, not if you don't have the time and resources. And I'd rather you not look like you closed because your Facebook page is out of date then not have one at all. So um, update your web profiles and properties. Make sure everything's up to date. Your directory listings, did you move, change a phone number, have a new service, change your hours? Make sure all those are updated. I, uh, I, I cannot remember what I was looking for. Um, gosh, I, was, I, was, uh, I knew this business was open, but the, their, their directory listings said they were closed. And if it wasn't for the fact that I knew they were open. I, I'd, I'd been there before at this time. I would have thought they were closed. I was trying to call to verify that they had something. And I, I, gosh, I cannot remember the name, what business it was. But I looked them up on Google Maps. And keep in mind that Google Maps will now show when somebody does a search on their phone and wants to go to that business, it'll say if you're open or closed based on the hours that you've put in uh, on there. Uh, or maybe you didn't put in the hours because you never claimed your listing. Get that listing claimed. Update update the hours because uh, – like I said, it showed it was closed. I knew it was open. So get your web updated. Joint ventures. Uh, I'm going to try to speed up here because we're already at 25 minutes. Joint ventures. Join up with other businesses to <clears throat> that aren't competitors to work together, share customer lists, uh, do events together, share products, sell each other services. You know, if you've got um, an, uh, another business that's not competition for you, but they complement what you offer, see if you can do something with them. Uh, split advertising with them. Do a direct mail campaign, uh, postcard maybe, uh, where they get half, you get half, okay? Uh, team up on some different things. Do some different events together. Uh, become referral partners with each other where you'll send them work, they'll send you work. Uh, do some advertising where you could maybe advertise to their customer base and they advertise to yours. Do Look at some different opportunities where you can join up with another business and um, you know make some extra money. Community involvement, number 10. Get involved in your community. This is something that I, I don't, you know, sometimes I see it and sometimes I don't, but there's a lot you could do in your community to um, raise awareness about your company, about your product, your service, uh, and, and, and just by getting involved. There's, you know, there's always little parades and other things going on and little things you can sponsor and events you can, you can do. Um, I know a martial arts school that's in a small town, I believe it's out in California, and uh, every 4th of July, they run the firework show like they put a few thousand dollars into this 
show every year. And um, they run all the fireworks and the barbecue and everything else. And um, they pass out flyers and everything else. They get their return, uh, you know, um, plenty of return from that event. From the people signing up because their advertising is everywhere. Uh, here's another, by the way, here's another thing that we did uh, for a client that um, they they wanted to get into. There's this big event in their city. And I told them they should have a booth. They should set up a booth and uh, try to, you know, uh, market at this event. Well, they were told that they're not allowed to do that. They don't allow businesses to just set up a booth and um, market. And so he gave up. And I was like, well, wait, wait, wait a second, wait a second. But there are other things going on there. There's other booths and things. He's like, yeah, they do like game things and other things like that. And I said, okay, well, well, how much were you willing to spend on a booth? And they were like, well, 500 to 1,000. I was like, well, how much do you think it would cost for you to donate free food for this event? And it really was about the same, maybe a little more, to buy hot dogs and hamburgers uh, for this event. So I said, why not? Call them back and ask if you can uh, set up a booth and, and, and you'll provide food for the event, free. Free hot dogs and hamburgers. Um, and they loved it. The city loved it. Well, there you are in, in your uniform with your material, with your logo, with your company name. And um, you know there was a lot you could do for handing out some hot dogs and hamburgers. Again, this is a small town. It's not like they're going to go bankrupt. Uh, giving out hot dogs and hamburgers and they could buy them at a, you know, BJ's or Sam's club or Costco, uh, massive amounts of hot dogs and hamburgers at a very discounted rate. They had a, a barbecue grill there and some of their employees and staff, uh, running the barbecue and, uh, had tremendous success, uh, more so than they would have had their booth was crowded. Imagine if they didn't have the free food and they're trying to hand out stuff. Uh, they're sitting there, uh, in their booth, hoping people come over. Well, now everybody's coming over because they're getting a hot dog and a hamburger or whatever. So it was very inexpensive for the dude. They got the little tiny water bottles, uh, you know, to to give out that were super super cheap. Again, buying it in bulk, and for about the same as what they were willing to pay for a booth, they um, just fed fed the crowd. It was only a, a, a couple hour event, so uh, it was very reasonable to do. So think out of the box on how you can get involved in your community. And, uh, you know, spread the word about you. Uh, number 11, review and plan. Review last year. How'd it go? Did you hit your goals? Plan for next year. If you don't have a plan, what are you actually aiming for? If you get up every day and your goal is to just get through the day, you know, how do you know if you've actually accomplished anything? What was your goal today? Uh, what is the yearly goal? What's the income goal for this year? What's the revenue goal for this year? And how are you going to break that down over the months? And how are you going to break that down over the weeks? And what services and offerings, what changes are you going to make to get there? Plan the year. Don't just face 2015 and think we're just going to wing it every day and hope that things get better. No, no, no. If you need X amount of dollars in additional revenue this year, how are you going to get that? How many customers or product sales or service sales is that going to take? Can it be done with raising prices? Can it be done with bringing in more referrals? Can it be done with increasing some of your ad spend or your, your um, return on your ads? Figure that out. You can't do it without reviewing and planning. Number 12, re- reward loyalty. You got loyal customers, reward them. Start a re- uh, reward program, a loyalty program. Um, start something that gets them in and um, 
you know, gets them excited about the fact that they're spending money with you. And so you're rewarding them and uh, giving them free service or discounts or whatever. Uh, reward programs, loyalty programs, everybody's got them. All the big companies do. So why can't you as a small company do that? Uh, I implemented one with a gas station that worked great. We were working with Radiant on how to um, increase the car wash um, sales. And we started a loyalty program that worked out really well. Uh, you come in, you buy a car wash, you get a stamp. And uh, if you got uh, seven stamps, I think is what we did, um, you got a free car wash. So, you know, reward your loyal customers. That gets them coming back again. You know, that gets them using your business. You know, if I've got, uh, if I know I've got uh, rewards that I can get from shopping at a certain place, I'm going to use that. I'm going to, um, I'm going to visit that store because I know I'm getting back from it. Uh, I was buying ink for a while from a local store and every, I don't know, five or six or whatever we would buy, we'd get a free one. So we always went back there. Why wouldn't we, right? We'd get a free one. It often came in handy. It was like nice having that, you know, you bring in the card and bam, I got a free ink cartridge. So, um, you know, start reward, uh, reward programs. Number 13, membership programs. This ties right into that reward program. And the same gas station that I implemented a loyalty program, we in, we implemented a membership program for the car wash. Uh, you pay a uh, set rate per month and you get uh, unlimited car washes. And uh, they kind of balked at the idea of unlimited, but how many people are really going to take the time to go in there um, constantly and wash their car? It, you know, They were worried people were going to come in every day and abuse it, and it didn't happen. Um, we implemented the system. It worked out really well. I think you. Were, I think it was like twenty nine bucks, uh, and they've implemented this at other uh, locations uh, because of how successful it was. So start a membership program. You can start a membership with anything. Um, your plumber want a membership program? Have a set rate that people pay per month, and uh, it gets them a free inspection um, and a discount on you know any repairs. Um, I once wrote in uh, in my book that came out in two thousand ten. I had said that I thought a great idea for a membership program would be movie theaters to have a set rate and you could just watch as many movies um, as you want that month or you have a certain limit or something, but it's a good discount over what you would normally watch. If it takes somebody from watching one movie a month to three because of how much more money they're paying, you've succeeded in tripling that the, the amount of you know times that person's at your location. So profit per movie may be down. But they weren't coming to three movies a month. And now, not only are they coming to three movies a month and watching three movies a month, but hopefully they're buying popcorn and soda, which is obviously enormous profit margins. And I just recently saw a movie theater, I don't know the location, um, is testing a membership program where you pay per month and you have um, a set amount of movies you can watch, similar to like you know Netflix, you know three movies at a time or whatever. Uh, they have different programs. If you pay this much, you can watch two movies a month. If you pay this much, you can watch three, four, um, and it's a it's a very nice discount over uh, what it would be if you you know did a single ticket. But it gets them in the theater more often, hopefully buying snacks, um, and again it increases the overall. You know if somebody's spending. 10 bucks a month on movies because they tend to go see one a month and you could turn that into 19 by giving them three movies. You still doubled the, the, the overall revenue. Again, less profit per visit, but more profit overall. It doesn't matter. That's what, that's what the bottom line is. So try to see if there's a way to do a membership program. Number 14, better market definition. Define your market. Know who your market is. 
Uh, I just uh, I made a, a funny comment to my wife yesterday. We were watching. Uh, it was uh, just before bed. We were watching something. She was kind of in a uh, let's let's watch some TV mood. We were watching. Um, gosh, I can't remember the name of it. It was a movie on TV. But this commercial came on uh, for adult adult uh, adult diapers. <laughs> you know, uh, it was a women's adult diaper commercial. And so I made the comment. I said, you know. Whenever you see a specific type of commercial, typically, because these advertisers uh, are spending good money to get that commercial, it means that the type of person to watch this show is what you're seeing in this commercial. So what we're watching, uh, somebody did the market research and found out that women who need to wear diapers tend to watch this movie at this time of night or this channel at this time of night. And, uh, you know, it's funny. Pay attention to the shows you're watching and see what's being advertised because you'll start to notice a trend in certain shows or certain times of night you're going to see certain commercials because the market research has shown that that's the type of person watching at that hour. That happens all the time. So, you know, pay attention to that. Uh, But define your market. Know exactly who they are, how old they are, do they have kids, are they married, how long have they been married, what activities do they like, are they athletic, are they lazy, do they tend to buy on impulse, do they plan, do they save, do they make a lot of money, how long do they stay at their current job, Um, what kind of clothing they wear, what do they drive, define your market so you can better know how to speak to them and where they're hanging out, who they're hanging out with, what are the businesses they're using, and how to best reach them. Number 15, last one. This podcast went way too long. Um, Work on your business, not in it. You'll hear me say that all the time. And these 15 ways kind of define that, the previous 14. These are all about working on your business, not in it. If you're getting up every day and you're just baking donuts all day, you're not growing your business. You're simply fulfilling current demand. That's it. You only have the ability. And sometimes you're not even fulfilling current demand. You're busy doing other things, accounting and taxes and fixing that hole in the wall in the back and repainting the front and, you know, uh, cleaning vehicles and getting it taken to service and putting gas in the van. And you're doing all these different things which are required to do on your business because obviously without it, uh, it doesn't thrive. But the real work is in growing the business, working on it. That's the real work. That's what's needed. And so you need to be focused on your business, not just in it. If you can have an employee at a much less wage than you, your time is worth, you know, gassing a van or painting a wall or doing some accounting or getting an accountant or whatever, you need to do that so you can focus on getting those reviews, uh, content marketing and managing that, um, checking your prices, running your tracking, setting up joint ventures, getting involved in the community, reviewing, planning, creating membership and loyalty programs, uh, defining your market. You can't do those things, which are really the high dollar. That's where the money comes from. That's where the real profits are going to come from. You can't do those things if you're busy baking donuts. It's not going to happen. You know. Uh, so take time. Even if you're a solo business owner, you only got a couple people, I understand. You may be the guy under the sink fixing the pipe. That's fine. Just make sure that you've budgeted time in your day to work on your business. doesn't mean you're never going to work in your business. I know a lot of people can't do that. I certainly can't do that. I'm always in my business. Uh, But I budget time to work on it, to plan, to organize. And I try to outsource, delegate anything I can 
to anybody who's going to be able to do it at a better value per hour than I can so that I can spend my time on the high dollar items. As a business owner, you've got to work on your business. Don't get stuck working in it. Hopefully these 15 ideas helped you out. Uh, Take any of them. You don't have to take all of them. There's 15 of them. Take a few that you think you could instantly do. Start applying them. Come back to this podcast later on. See if it's something you could apply later on to your business uh, You know, down the, down the year. Uh, and uh, just take it one by one. Work on your business. And um, I'm hoping to uh, see you a lot this year. We've got a lot of cool stuff coming. I'm hoping to get some really good interviews here for you. Some great business owners and experts. And uh, I hope your f- 2015 has started off awesome. And it continues to be awesome. And it's the best year you've ever had. I will see you on the next podcast. Thanks for listening to the Top of the Wall podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and subscribe to the channel so you don't miss any of the great episodes coming up for you. For more resources and tools to take your business to the top, visit redwallmarketing.com.